0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. I found this tour guide story that I wanted to share with you. And this is what the tour guide wrote. My freshman year as a tour guide was tough. Campus was under construction and heavy equipment was scattered around our tour path. Like most tour guides, I walked backwards while talking about the campus. Normally, an attentive tour group would warn me of anything in my path. That day, my group was about 20 middle schoolers. I knocked myself out clean when I tripped over a concrete barrier, hit my head on the construction equipment next to it. Now I walk forwards, no matter what. Lesson, he writes, never trust your own physical safety to a group of middle schoolers. You know, what you what do you do when your tour guide is unavailable, or in this case, incapac- incapacitated and unable, To guide you. What do you do. When your tour guide. Is not available to you. We read in the book of Acts. Especially in in the book of Acts. That there was a portion of scripture. Where um, the people that followed Jesus. Found themselves in in an obscure situation. Where they no longer had a guide. Something went south. Something went wrong. You want to check on that for me, Pastor Josh? Something went wrong where, watch this now. Something they said to themselves, you know, there's a situation. Our Savior, our voice, the person that was guiding us and leading us is no longer able to lead us. He's went to the cross. He went to the cross and now they don't have a guide. They don't have a leader. So what happens at that point? Well, they 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 then begin to recall them in their memory that, well, he didn't just leave us. He left us a comforter. He left us a comforter. It appears that when Jesus had moved on, it appears that when he had moved on, he didn't, Leave us by ourselves. He didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. Okay, are you with me? Who's with me? Who gets what I'm saying? We had a tour guide. That is what they were saying themselves. We had someone leading us, showing us what to do. Showing us where to go. And we now don't know what to do, right? Right? Now, enter Holy Spirit. Enter Spirit of God. Let me ask you a question. When you go through your difficult times, do you lean on your own understanding? See, because in the early church, we find ourselves uh, that He demonstrated things. See, Jesus Christ, when He walked this earth, He showed Himself to be powerful. And so they followed him. But when he was no longer in the picture, they found themselves wondering, what now? What do I do? What happens now? What do you do when your guide has moved on? See, Jesus knew that we would struggle with that. And so he says, I will send you a comforter. I will send one to go before you. And that is, my friends, look at me, the Holy Spirit. See, they were expecting that the Messiah would come and he would establish the kingdom of God on earth. And he was planning on that. But they were also expecting Jesus to elevate them at the same time as he put himself in position to to set them free. Yes? Hello? Don't get quiet on me. I will preach longer. You will be here to your picnic tomorrow. Don't get quiet on me. You realize that his messianic fulfillment had nothing to do with what your expectations were? Did you know that him coming to earth to save us from our sin has very little to do with your expectations? But had everything to do with his love for you? It had everything to do with his desire to set you free? It had everything to do with restoring his glory? It had everything to do with that. But it had very little, if anything, to do, look at me, to do with your expectations. Because we somehow, we put our expectations up here and God's word like somewhere nearby. And I'm telling you, right here, right now, this day, that God cares less about your expectations of him than he does your obedience for him. Does that mean he doesn't love you? No. I'm telling you that he is not run by you. We don't run his agenda. Come on, but he's given us a clipboard and a whistle. And he's called us to bring life to the lifeless, hope to the hopeless, freedom to the captive. Can I get one amen in the house? So what I'm saying to you today is simply this. You need power for life. And in this series, when we talk about Acts 1-6, if we can look at that verse up on the screen here for a moment, they gathered around and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel, or rather to Israel? They thought he's going to fix everything, right? He's going to fix everything on planet earth. But instead, he was beaten, bruised, Broken, sacrificed, buried, and resurrected. That was not our plan, was it? Hello? Did you think that God would do that? I still don't understand why. And that's what blows me away. This series that we're starting these next three weeks is simply called this Power for Life. Power for Life. And I'm going to be talking uh, immensely about the Holy Spirit and and that that part of the, the Trinity that many people don't necessarily know enough about, understand, even miscomprehend, misunderstand the person of the Holy Spirit. Can I talk about the person of the Holy Spirit for a moment? This message is entitled Power for Life and let's look at Acts 1, 7, 8. Because then they were trying to say, well, when, when is stuff going down? We need to know dates. Save, like, I need to say the date, Jesus. Come on. I mean, get with the program, at least an evite, right? Like, I need to know when stuff is going down. And so he said to them simply this. It is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. In other words, he knows you don't have to know but he knows. So he set it on his authority not yours. So he's given you authority but not that much authority. Settle down. That's what he's saying, right? He says settle down. You've been given authority but relax. There's certain things you're not supposed to control. And all the control people said Yeah, and all the control people said say what? I love it when I'm like, if you're a control freak, just raise your hand and tell me. They're like, I'm not going to raise my hand. I'm a control freak. How about you just pretend I raise my hand? Because I want to remain in control. Right? Here's the main message here, and and it's going to be up on your screen. Confidence does not come from knowing the specifics, but rather knowing the source. Your confidence in Christ does not come from knowing the specifics. You think it does. You think that confidence will come if you just knew what the next plan was. But guess what? If he told you the plan and didn't tell you how he was going to execute it, you would probably be more nervous. He'd say, this is what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to call you out to minister to literally 52,000 people at one point in your life. And you'd probably go, okay, time out. I need more specifics than that. I need to know how you're going to do it. No, no, no. I gave you specifics. You're going to minister to this many people. That's that's what you need to know. No, no, no. I need to know more. I need no more. Because you would always want to know more. You'll never know too much, right? You always want to know more. And when we know too much, you do what? You mess it up. And I don't know about you, but if I know too much, I mess it up. Does somebody ever tell you, there's a surprise party. Can I? Keep, can you keep a secret? And you're going. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can keep. Okay, can I tell one person? Just one person. Just, just one person, because I'm gonna explode. And that's just the men, right? So, not you. Sure. You ever ever had to hold something inside for a long time? You're like, I don't know how long I can do this. I got a river of life flowing out. I need to tell somebody. But I'm telling you right now that if he told you too much, (laughs) if he told you too much, you might mess it up. All right? So he says, You don't have to know too much. You don't have to, stop laughing. You don't have to know too much. Here's what it says in Acts. Let's get to the scripture before this gets out of hand. The wheels come off. Acts chapter 1. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, don't leave. Don't. Go anywhere. Stay here. Make space in your time. Look, if you try and tell God what not to do, there's a good chance that you realize that He's about to do it. Here's what Jesus was saying. Look, if you try to go out and do the things I've called you to do in the future and you do it on your own strengths, efforts, and understanding, you are never going to reach the destination I've set out for you. So make some space. Create room so that the Holy Spirit can enter your world. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he will give you power. Somebody say, make room. Make room. So they waited. And they waited, and they made space. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. How many like to wait? True story. Jules, the singer Jules, recording artist Jules, she waited 15 years. In fact, Jules spent 15 years on the road, often living in her car, many times homeless. And 15 years later, she was discovered overnight. People say overnight, but it was 15 years of planting seeds, singing in places that many of them probably didn't even pay her. She was just trying to get recognized. For those of you that don't know, there's a place called Google, a little bitty website. Okay, tech giant Google. Did you know when they created Google? Google was out there, but it didn't go live for four years. They created Google. But it didn't go live for four years before they actually launched. It was around for four years before it actually became Google as we know it. So sometimes it takes hanging around long enough to get an answer. Sometimes it takes long enough, just long enough for God to break through. Anybody ever felt like that before? Like I must be due for a breakthrough because I've been waiting and waiting. Say with me waiting and waiting and waiting when is he going to stop? waiting right? and some of you will still be waiting but remember God is better at life than you because he doesn't just do life he is life that's good preaching Pastor Tony (laughs) thank you young Padawan Here's my points this morning. <laughs> if you won't give the amen, I will. <laughs> Point number one. Here it is. I need an experience with the Holy Spirit. Simon Peter is a prime example of this situation. He's a great example of someone that the Spirit can change when he comes upon you. Yes, I said when he comes upon you, not it, not that. When he comes upon you. You see, the gospel is all has all the records of everything Peter did wrong just about, right? You can look at Peter and go, well, you did this wrong and you did that wrong. Because we're naturally really good at pointing out people's mistakes instead of their victories. We can look at all the things we've done wrong. Pastor, you can't, you can't use me. I've done this wrong and I've done that wrong. God, you can't use me. I've done this wrong and that wrong. God, you can never use someone like me. I, you know where I've been. And that's where God says, I know where you've been. That's why I'm going to use you. I'm going to show off my glory and use you to do it. You need an experience. But here's the difference. You need an experience with the Holy Spirit in your life. You need God to be activated through the, through the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Listen, when Jesus had only a few moments left on this earth, do you think he wanted to waste it on stuff that didn't matter? My goodness, he only had a few moments left. And he says, I'm sending you a comforter. Then he said, go. He said, Go make disciples preach and teach the gospel teaching them everything that I've uh, that, that, that I, I want them to know about life and the pursuit of the goodness that God has put in you God has put goodness in you through his holy Spirit. there are things that you need to do that are not necessarily spiritual on the on the outside. They don't look very spiritual they don't look very godly but they're goodness. It's goodness because God is good. And when you realize that there is goodness, look at me, there's goodness in you. There are things that you're going to do that in the surface doesn't look very Christian necessarily or very spiritual, but it's what gets their attention and your witness has been laid. Your seed has been set. Are you with me? So I'm saying that there are things, there, there are people in this room that God has called you to buy groceries for do something good for them that doesn't look spiritual Jesus said if you give a cup of cold water in my name that's not spiritual it's physical real tangible things that show the love of God that right there don't underestimate the opportunity of the powerful moments like that when you do something for someone Does someone get what I'm saying? You need an experience with the Holy Spirit. There's a really ugly moment where Jesus is on trial and Simon Peter is there. And and they're like, you know, "Wait, wait, 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 you were with him. Weren't you one of those with him? No, 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 I was not. You got the wrong person. It's that dude over there. It's Jose. He's over there. There was Jose's in the New Testament. There was a Jesus. Don't judge me. There's a gospel of Juan. John, maybe to you. Supernatural things happen when you start to trust Him for greater things. Somebody say greater things. Greater things. Now let me say to you real quick, this thing, that a lot of people want to pray that God would make things more safer. I know the word experience scares some of you guys because we want to experience God without the dangers of it. But I I realize that the more and more I ask for God, the more and more I'm really, part of me is got to be ready for something dangerous. I'm I'm not sugarcoating. I'm not here to sugarcoat. I'm here to tell you truth. And God is more concerned with your obedience than your safety. And that's a hard thing to preach because I pray safety upon my family. Anybody ever prayed safety upon your family? You're going on a trip. You always want to pray. I'm not saying don't pray safety. What I'm saying is if something happens, it doesn't mean God had forsaken you. But that somehow God will work out all those things. Look at me. God will work all those things out for the greater good. And that's not popular preaching. Man, I'm not going to get these great giant bookings. I'm not going to get these giant platforms if I preach, God wants to kill you. No. I'm trying to tell you that I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God is more concerned with you listening to what he has for you than what you have for you. And some of us equate what I have for me with what God has for me and it's not the same there's two experiences that I want to make very clear number one it's your salvation experience there's an experience with the Holy Spirit where God the Holy Spirit enters your life everybody say with me enter my life that's what you do when you ask Jesus into your life you ask the Holy Spirit to reside in you the indwelling of the Holy Spirit you with me? You're asked the Holy Spirit to be active. And then at that moment, as you continuously seek him, he's going to tell you, here's some things that you might be doing that are off right now. Here's some things. And he'll move on you. That's not right. I'm not supposed to do that. Anybody ever felt that feeling? Hello? If you haven't felt that feeling, see me after service. I want to pray with you. And help you know who Jesus is because if you are a follower of Jesus at some point or another you're going to go you're going to question is this okay with God and if you don't question if it's okay with God then I start to wonder if you kind of got all your things lined up right because the Holy Spirit is in you and he doesn't he, he does not ignore sin in your life he doesn't he wants you to experience life more abundantly why would he allow you to sin and be okay with it we convince ourselves it's okay. But the first experience is salvation. That's when the indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens in your life. And then one of the things that we're going to be talking more in depth in this series. Not too much today, but more next week and so forth. Is the filling of the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit. That's when God, the, the Holy Spirit isn't just indwelling. But he also fills you with a gift. To speak. In tongues and prophesy and do things. Many gifts and people want to limit it to one gift. But God wants to do a lot of things with you. But the scripture teaches us that the evidence of that gift is, is the speaking of tongues and things of that nature. And some of you born were born and raised in a church that told totally different. That's not scriptural. Because right now, God is doing something. And some of you were taught very differently. That tongues is not for today. Tongues is of the devil. Let me tell you something. Neither of those are true. Neither of those are true. The Bible says in the last days, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And, hello? And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will be dream dreams and your young will, will, your old men will see visions and your young will dream dreams. And and great things are going to happen in the final days. Why would he remove a gift he's given you? He's given you a gift and he gives that and he offers that to every person. Look at me, every person at the sound of my voice, you have an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Of just saying, God, let me, I want to be filled with the Holy. I want to be empowered from on high. Are you with me? Let him handle the details. You just make yourself available. We're not a church that pushes anything on people. We just want you to experience God how he wants you to experience him. Amen. So we just pray, God, have your way, however that looks. So there's those two experiences. And and what I want us to understand something is this. It says, uh, he says to them right here in John 20, he says, wait, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to come upon you and overflow you and give you power, supernatural power. Let me give an illustration for this. How many of you ever remember playing this game? Throw that slide up on the screen real quick. How many remember playing this game right here? Come on, this is spiritual. This is spiritual. How many remember playing this game? Waka, 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 waka. Woo, 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 woo. Waka, 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 waka. Did I do that good? Did I, was that all right? I've been working on that all week. Pastor Josh was judging me. Nah, that's a seven. That's a seven. You need to step it up a little bit. Waka, 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 waka. Woo, woo, woo. Let us pray. <laughs> In all seriousness, we look at Pac-Man. How many remember that? You go out there and you start and you play your Pac-Man and you're eating those little pebbles. And every single day, you know, you're kind of going through life circumstances, right? And you're kind of going through the little pebbles, little pebbles, little pebbles. And those big pebbles, what do they do? When you eat those, what happens? And all of a sudden, the ghosts that were chasing you are vulnerable. Because you, my friend, are indestructible. I want to tell you something for a moment. Life without the active presence of the Holy Spirit looks a lot like this. Right? You're eating, you're going through life. Listen, that first that first little pebble there, that first little dot, that's prayer. Second one, Bible reading. Third one, worship. Those are just daily spiritual disciplines. You're going through life and you're staring at four ghosts coming at you, right? Four obstacles, four things that are just staring at you and you're going to yourself, I better turn what? Around, right? And if you've ever played this game, you realize, and I loved it with the joystick, it's not the same with the computer now, with the up and down. I I love the joystick, because you can do this with the joystick, and I used to like panic mode, be like this, right? (laughs) Don't lie, because you used to do it too, you used to put a quarter in the machine, and you'd be like, okay, up, okay, down, right? You You know what I'm talking about? Right, and then they came out with Miss Pac-Man. She wanted to get her lady on, right? She's like, meh, meh. she got a little bow on her head, right? So, so you're going through life and you're going, you're just trying to do what's right, you're trying to do right, and all of a sudden, here comes these eyeballs staring at you, and you're like, I gotta go the other way. How many know what I'm talking about? But then there's this picture here. This picture, go to that next one. Life with the active presence of the Holy Spirit. You go through life and you have those experiences. And those, those big power balls, so to speak. Those things are those moments in your life that you needed that picked me up. Those moments where you needed to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've just reduced the gospel in your mind to Pac-Man. But it is just an illustration. It is a lot bigger than Pac-Man. Because in your life, when you go through it, it feels a lot bigger than this, doesn't it? But the moment you have those experiences in your life, the moment you have those, those times where you encounter God around the altar, the moment you have those moments with the people and you, you realize in your life that, that when the Holy Spirit gets active in your life, things don't look as grim Things don't look as difficult, right? You go through your waka, waka, waka every day. But then you're going to come across that moment, that power moment where you are indestructible and you felt that way before. How many ever felt that way before? You're just worshiping. You're like, man, nothing in this world can take me away from your presence, right? That experience of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't ignore those. Because there are only a few moments that give you those jolt, the, that jolt you need spiritually. You ever had a moment where you just said, I need a Powerball right now? Not, not the Powerball. I'm saying like a Holy Spirit Powerball. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I need to. It's been a while. I'm saying with the active presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, there are times... Where you're going to feel indestructible. You need the experience of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is just an illustration. But you get the big picture. That that there there are times that you go through the the everyday mundane things. You think "I I prayed. I sought God. I read. But then there's those moments. I'm believing God for one of those power balls this morning. And you can have one of those moments. That will carry you through the week. I don't know about you but. No matter how fantastic the worship experience is on Sunday, it fades after a while. And you need another moment. You need those moments. And when they come up, man, you just embrace them. Hello? You embrace them. Is that helpful to anybody? See, Jesus and Christianity is about embracing what God has for you. Watch this. Many want to depersonalize. And de emotionalize Christianity. Friend, if you go through an experience with God and you cry, great, fine, fantastic. You don't, great, fine, fantastic. Just because you have an emotional experience doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Everybody responds differently. But my goodness, seek Him. Are you with me? And you too, like Pac-Man, you can be you can have those moments of being of feeling indestructible, but it's gonna fade. And then what? Stay on course. Stay the mission. So what is the goal of Pac-Man? To do what? Eat every, every... Like pebble, dot. What do you want, Pastor Tony? I don't know what to tell you right now. To eat every pebble, right? That's the goal. And when you do, you've reached that goal. There's goals that God has set for you. Stay the course. Right? When you say to yourself, how many ever felt, if you ever played that game, how many ever felt like, I ran out of all the power balls, now I'm in trouble. But do you just stop and say, I give up, that's it. No, you keep trying, right? And life is the same way. You're going to have those moments where you're going to feel like, I don't think the Holy Spirit's listening to me right now. But you keep trying. You keep plugging away, amen? God wants to dip you in his power today. I don't know about you, but I want the Holy Spirit's power in my life. Hear me, if I preach to you a gospel that has nothing to do with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm, I'm doing you an injustice. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in our worship experience. All we're doing is gathering. And they do that at the YMCA. You don't need a church to do that. They do that in buffets all across America on Sundays that doesn't mean it's an encounter with God. Just because people are gathering doesn't mean it's it's what God will... Let me tell you something. There's a moment in a room like this where God can do something so powerful. You need an experience, amen? Let me say this real quick. Number two, I need the explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 tells us, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You know, um, we have different things up here, and can I get that mallet real quick, oh, Clark? Just let me get one of those mallets here. And so, in this, uh, this mallet is made of wood, and this wood, once upon a time, was part of a tree, right? And so, part of this tree, th- part of this drumstick, as we know, this mallet was part of a tree that was a live tree at one point, right? And so. When you detached it, that life was also detached. And it became just wood. And they fixed it and refined it to make what you see here today. Life was flowing through the main trunk until they took this off. Or maybe this was part of the main trunk. Either way, it was attached to life. The moment you remove it, and the moment you remove it from life, it ceases to have life in it. And there are some of us that go through our lives and we may be pretty shiny and nice, but this doesn't have life any longer. It is an object. It is no longer part of a plant or a living thing, so to speak. And life is a lot like that. You have to realize that there, if we're not connected to the one that gives life, we are oftentimes just dense Matter. Life less, right? And that doesn't mean you're dead necessarily. What I'm saying is there's no life in you. And no matter how nice or pretty and it's the cord, it's got writing on it. It's still lifeless. This does not have life anymore. It was detached from what was. And I'm telling you in the same manner that there are people that live their lives that way. Life so I'm going to give you a couple myths real quick. Can I give you a couple myths? Cool, because I was going to do that. Myth number one. If I knew all the specifics about the future, I'd, be, I'd have more peace. Not true. Myth. What I really need, Pastor Tony, is for my circumstances to change. Because if the things around me would change, then everything would be better. And God just needs to do the business out here so I can take care of business in here. Myth. Myth number three God needs to make these people change. Because I have it going on. These people, on the other hand, loco. Fix them, fix the situation. Why hasn't God called on me sooner? I have all the answers. Fix them and everything will be all right. Here's the truth God, when He operates in the world, does not primarily work just to alter your circumstances. God works to alter you. And I'm telling you today, my friend, He desires to work from the inside out. The problem is the world wants to work from the outside in. Let me get myself in order. Pastor Tony, I'm going to be back at church as soon as I get some things lined up in my life. Pastor Tony, I know it's been a year and a half since I said that last, but I'm telling you right now. I'm going to get some things lined up. I'm going to see you real soon. I'll see you this Sunday. In fact, I have off this Sunday and I'm going to see you four months later. Pastor Tony, see what happened was. Some things happen in my life 2.7 years later. Pastor Tony, see what happened was. And over and over, we make these. You are never going to be set perfect enough. You are never going to be at that perfect place. You have to just realize that your imperfection does not drive God away, your imperfection doesn't make him run. Your imperfection draws the Spirit to you. I'm going I'm to keep preaching until I get one amen. Your imperfection draws the Spirit of God to you. Your imperfection is a picture of His grace. Thank you. I can move on to my next point. See how that works? Point three, here. I need an expectation of the Holy Spirit. I need an expectation of the Holy Spirit. Here it is some of you already feel as if i'm speaking that the spirit of god you know wants to jump on you and just like do all this stuff that i don't want permission i don't i haven't given him permission for but i want to make very clear that the holy spirit is a gentleman and he will submit to you some ideas of what he wants to do in your life but he won't impose himself on you but let me not let me not confuse that with the idea that god is sovereign And whether you obey him or not, you're responsible for everything he tells you. Can I bring balance to that? The Holy Spirit will not impose himself on you. But guess what? You're responsible for everything he offers to you. Does that make sense? That's power and presence right there. That while he won't impose his will on you, he will hold you accountable to what he has proposed to you. You are responsible for everything He told you to do, whether you liked it or not, whether you received it or not. And I'm telling you today, God wants to do something special in this room. Why? Because those of us that have been praying in expectation have, are believing for you to receive your miracle, whatever that looks like. For some of you, you may think it's a little miracle. And I heard it say recently, my wife and I were getting around, even this morning, and I heard someone say, you know, we pray for people. And it's all God. Because even a headache, I can't make you, like, I can't make that go away. The smallest of details I can't make happen, you know what I mean? So it's all God. But here's what I do understand. God did call me, and he did call you to pray for people, to believe him. To go beyond your expectations. See, sometimes God puts you on the edge of impossible just to have you see what he can do. I don't know about you, but years ago, my wife and I got a chance to go on a cruise. Anybody want to go on a cruise? Like as a missions trip? Minister to the body? No. Back to the story. I stood, I remember, at the edge of this cruise ship and I remember looking out as the, as the ship was moving, right? I remember looking out at this cruise ship and I remember looking at the water and I went to the back and I remember seeing the propellers. And not the propellers because they're ginormous under the water, but I seen the reflection of the propellers. I seen what the propellers do. And I remember watching on the edge, saying to myself, can you imagine how big those propellers are? And how strong those propellers are to move this entire ship. I'm looking at it going to myself, this is simply amazing. Do you know how heavy this cruise ship is? I look at this cruise ship and as I'm standing in the back. And I'm looking at this cruise ship moving because they have these giant propellers in which I don't see. Does that affect the ship's movement? Just because I don't believe it? No. Does that affect the way the ship moves if I don't see it? No. But it does affect the ship moving. And as I stood at the edge, I believe God has many of you standing at the edge of impossible, saying, believe me and step out. Some of you have not stood on the edge because you're afraid of experiencing. You think, if I experience God, He might ask me to change something. And to that I say, yes. Because there are a lot of things not working for you right now. How do you know? You don't know my situation. You don't know what works for me. I know everybody in this room has been through something. They can't change. I know one thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. That no matter whether you believe or not, it doesn't change what is real. The Holy Spirit is real. Whether you see Him or not, you will see the effects of the Holy Spirit. And it will move you. Just like that ship, it will move you. Bow your heads all across this room, all across this room. We're going to pray. Power for life. I need some of our prayer partners coming up here ready to pray. Hallelujah. God desires for us to have power for life every day. Power for life every day. Father, I pray that at this time as... There are people that need more of you. They just want more of your Holy Spirit in their life. I pray that, Lord God, that even as on the day of Pentecost, where 120 were gathered together in one place in that upper room, they followed your command. They followed your command to stay and wait and hold on. God, we too also pray, Holy Spirit, fill your people today. Lord God we too pray that we would make space in our lives for you in Jesus name with your head bowed just keep your head bowed for a moment I want to speak to you for a moment it, it, maybe you've been to a church before that you just you just go to church and the pastor preaches the song leader sings and that's it but I'm telling you right now that this is not something for super Christians. That the Holy Spirit is for people who have no clue about Christianity. That the Holy Spirit is for people who are seasoned in their faith. The Holy Spirit is for the new Christian. The Holy Spirit is for the skeptical person that's curious, wondering. So let me ask you this question here today. Which is based on the first experience. Are you saved? Do you know Him? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you prayed a prayer and said, God, I need you in my life? Have you asked God to forgive you of your sin through what he did on the cross? Does he live inside of you today?